And we're back, everyone. Welcome to episode three of Listen and Learn Chinese. I'm Hasnan, and I'm Max. And the two of us are back again to join you on your Mandarin learning journey. If you are just hearing us for the first time right now, welcome aboard. We're really excited to have you on the team, but we'd highly suggest you start from episode one. That's right. Max and I want these episodes to build off of each other, so we'd hate for you to miss out on any learning. So before we jump into today's episode, let's go over last week's quiz. Hasnan will start us off with the first question. The first question was: Give four examples of exceptions to tone pronunciations in Mandarin. So the answer to that, is, well, there could be quite a few answers, but the first one is you could have double third tone, right? So then the first one would be pronounced as a second tone, and then triple third tone, where the first two third tones would be pronounced as second tone, and then quadruple third tone, where it would alternate second tone, third tone, second tone, third tone, and then you could have also said you could have said bu before fourth tone, so then that would turn into bu, or it'd be pronounced as a second tone. And you could have also said the two、uh, rules with e. So then, if it's before a fourth tone, then it's pronounced as a second tone. So it'd be e before a fourth tone, or before any of the other tones, it would be an e pronounced as a fourth tone. That's exactly right. So if you had a little bit of trouble following that, don't worry. You can just hit that back 15 seconds or back 30 seconds on your podcasting app、uh, for any of these questions that we go through because we're we're speaking a little bit quickly. The second question was,、uh, how do you ask what tone in Mandarin? If you're talking to someone and you want to know what that tone was for a particular word, this is a really helpful phrase. The answer is, 什么声调什么声调 The tone order of this sentence is the second tone, no tone, in 什么 and the first tone, the flat tone, and the fourth tone in 声调 So the last question is, may I ask you in Mandarin? That's a really important、uh, word for asking people for help, especially if you're lost or you're in a Chinese-speaking area and you need to ask someone, "How can I get somewhere?" Or you can ask them、uh, to read something for you. And so that would be "qing wen." So that's pronounced third tone, fourth tone, "qing wen."、Uh, remember, do not switch out the fourth tone for the second tone, pronouncing that "qing wen," because remember, I did that way back in the day in Chinese class, and that's when teacher told me that I just asked to smell someone instead of asking them something. So remember, it's "qing wen," third tone, fourth tone. That certainly wouldn't be what you want in this case. Hasnan and I really hope our listeners are enjoying these quizzes.、Uh, if you're ever stuck on one of the questions, don't hesitate to go back to the episode. That's、uh, the whole point of having this podcast model, and to relearn that concept, slow it down, listen on half speed,、um, or uh, just uh, keep listening over and over again. Now that we have last week's quiz out of the way, let's move on to what we have for today. So remember how I said last week when I said I was really passionate about the topic of tones. Um, I'm actually really passionate about today's main topic as well, which is the main,、uh, which is kind of the we can call it the main way that I learned, and I'm still learning Chinese, and it's called pinyin. So pinyin is basically, in simple terms, like a transliterated way of writing Mandarin using the Roman alphabet, which is also the English alphabet. So I'm sure all of you have probably seen Mandarin or Chinese writing before, which is in Chinese characters, which looks pretty complicated if you don't already know them. But Chinese can also be written out using、uh, using the English alphabet. So the word pinyin literally translates into spell sound. So you're literally spelling out the sound that Mandarin characters are making. So pinyin is pronounced、um, in a double first tone. So that's spelled P-I-N-Y-I-N, and that's actually an important word to know because oftentimes when I've been、um, What do you call it? When I've been talking to people in Chinese, and they might be kind of surprised or interested in my learning journey, they might ask me like, "Oh, do you write or can you read?" And I'll explain to them, "Oh, I don't know that many characters, but I can read Pinyin." So this is actually what we've also been spelling out in episode one and two. So we've been spelling words for you, saying,、uh, you know, like the English letters of those words. So we've actually been spelling out Pinyin, and that's、uh, like a huge way for people to learn Mandarin. And this was actually invented in the fifties. Uh, by the Chinese to specifically teach outsiders how to speak Mandarin because they wanted their they wanted their language to spread and people wanted to learn so they specifically designed this for the purposes of teaching. And、this is also one of the reasons why I always go around saying that、uh, Chinese is not that hard of a language as people say because there's a lot of resources like this to help you learn. 
So Chinese, like I said earlier, doesn't actually have spelling. So it doesn't have an alphabet because it just has the Chinese characters. And each of those characters, you can think of them as a symbol that represents like a specific, um, like a specific sound and a meaning that goes along with that sound. So hence the need for pinyin as a phonetic way to spell out sounds that, um, that exist in Mandarin that might not exist in other languages like in English. So it was developed um, earlier during the Qing Dynasty, which ended in 1912. But then as a response to Westerners that were learning Japanese by transliterating kanji, which are basically Japanese characters, into romaji, which is basically Japanese pinyin, um, the Chinese wanted to have outsiders learn as well. So it was popularized during the 50s as an organized system for teaching foreigners. Or lao wai, how to speak Mandarin. Lao wai is a really fun word. It basically means you can think of it as meaning um, basically foreigner, and it's pronounced third tone, fourth tone, lao wai. Uh, so, you know, if you're not Chinese and you don't speak Chinese, that's essentially what you are. And um, also pinyin has tone marks above the syllables to indicate what tone you should pronounce that syllable in. Right? So, for example, pin and yin, which are the two syllables that make up the word pinyin, they each have a little horizontal line above the, above the vowels to indicate the first tone. Right, so a horizontal line above a letter indicates the first tone, which is high and flat. And then a, a diagonal line going upward from left to right, that is the second tone, right? It looks a lot like accent aigu if you speak French. That indicates the second tone, which is the ascending tone. And then a little uh, kind of V shape above a letter, that indicates the third tone, which is low and flat. It's kind of like an upside down accent circonflex if you speak French. And then the fourth tone is the opposite of second tone, remember, the descending tone. And it's a diagonal line going downwards above a letter. Perfect. So now that we have a bit of a basic understanding of what pinyin is, uh, we're actually going to ask you to take a short break from this podcast, put us on pause one of the few times we'll actually ask for that, and uh, direct you to uh, a learning resource that we found um, to have some pinyin basics. There's a lot online, but um, one that we're gonna just recommend here is Learn How to Chinese on YouTube. So you can feel free to search up the pinyin playlist from that channel on YouTube, um, and just go through the, the videos for pinyin, that's P-I-N-Y-I-N, and the name of the channel, once again, is Learn How to Chinese, all in one word. And there's uh, nine videos that are about 30 minutes of content. And uh, once you get through that, uh, it'll be a more productive discussion about Pinyin if you found it a little bit difficult to follow just from us talking about it. If you've never seen it written, uh, it's gonna be quite the challenge. Uh, I know we've spent countless amounts of time in the classroom writing these squiggly marks above the words to help us understand exactly what's going on and, and the sound associated with it. So uh, take this half an hour, um, you know, uh, make sure you get familiar with what each of the tones are, what the different types of pinyin can be, um, just so that you have a better understanding for this next part of the lesson. So once you do that and you can come back, uh, start right here. Yeah, so you heard the man, feel free to hit pause, head over to YouTube, and we'll see you back here in about a half hour. Um, once again, it may seem like a lot of work, but trust us, it's worth it, and you'll be that much more ready to, to learn more opinion with us once you get back. We'll also link the, um, the playlist for these videos um, in the description of this episode. Hello, and welcome back to episode three of Listen and Learn Chinese. Max and I really hope that you enjoyed that cheeky little break to go learn some pinyin. Now that you're well acquainted with the concept of pinyin, Haznan and I will quickly cover some of our own tips and tricks for sounding nice and authentic. Thank you, Max. So now that we, now that we got those kind of introductory videos out of the way, what we want to go over now is our own kind of tips and tricks for, um, for pronouncing things properly using pinyin. And these are things that no one, that no one really taught to me outright, but they're kind of things that I learned um, and discussed with uh, with my old teacher when I was first starting and obviously I just I, you know I got to this whole new uh, world of Mandarin things sounded really weird and strange and there are a lot of sounds that didn't exist in in any of my native languages right so these are things that I figured out just practicing and getting feedback and techniques that I use that basically end up making me sound close to like a native speaker so first up is pinyin n so N often when so sometimes it's it's pronounced, sometimes it's not pronounced, and sometimes it's nasalized. 
right? So for example, we've already told you an example of when it's not pronounced, if you remember the word for what or which, which is shamma. So it's spelled S-H-E-N in the first tone and then M-E, and remember you don't really pronounce the N, so it's shamma instead of shanma. Now an example of when it's nasalized, you've actually heard it quite a few times, is actually the word peen, right? So in that and so in that scenario, you just have to get a feel for it and you'll get used to it eventually. But that's when you're not really pronouncing pinyin, you're mostly saying pinyin if you want to make it sound like nice and authentic and like ethnic. And this always cracks me up because saying pinyin is a lot like saying the word peeing in English once you nasalize it, once you nasalize it a little bit and um, and speak quickly. So instead of pinyin, you're saying peen. So that's an example of nasalizing ends. Max will now give us another example of pronouncing N. So my example here is just that basic N sound that we're all familiar with in English, the N sound. Um, and that's associated with a lot of words, but one of the basic words that you learn pretty early on and that we'll teach you today is new. And new is uh, the word in Mandarin for cow. Um, so you'll see this on menus if you want a beef dish. Um, it's the same word. There's not uh, two words for the, the type of meat that you eat versus the type of um, animal that you might see on the farm. Um, they're both represented by niu, uh, which is that N-I-U with the second tone, uh, the line towards the upper right. That's a great example, Max. Like, for example, niu is, that's a character that you're going to see a lot on a lot on menus. I see it even a lot in newspapers. It's honestly one of my go-to characters to identify. Um, what do you call it? and words that I that I recognize whenever I'm reading honestly anything in uh, in Chinese. Um, so next up, we're gonna go over three really interesting. Um, what do you call it? three really interesting consonants? So these are what myself and my old teacher used to call the smiling consonants. So this is Pinyin X, uh, Q, and J. The reason they're called smiling consonants is because they almost require you to like smile or like bare your teeth, kind of like a wolf. Um, when you're making the sound. So your lips kind of get stretched horizontally and your teeth are showing when you make these sounds. So, so pinyin X is pronounced C, pinyin Q is pronounced C, and pinyin J is pronounced T. So when you're doing that, your lips, your lips are taut, they're stretched horizontally, and you're pronouncing C, T, T. So these, remember, are the smiling consonants. Um, and you want your and want your lips stretched out and you want to feel like a wolf like you're baring your teeth literally to do this and you're smiling perfect so just a couple of words to help you understand um, where these symbols these phrases this mouth sound uh, comes from and are, is associated with when you're actually saying a few words um, the x sound or the she sound can be uh, most commonly used in the phrase to like um, which is xi huan so the xi in xi huan means uh, or sounds like the xi, the x sound here, um, and it is in the third tone, and then huan has no tone over it. The q sound, uh, where we can pronounce it qi, is in the fourth tone, a very common word which means to go. Um, so that's slightly different than the x sound, um, and it takes a bit to practice exactly how to make this sound if you're not familiar with making these types of sounds uh, in English. And the final one is J, where we have jue, which means to feel in, in Chinese. That's J-U-E with the second tone. Right, so now we're gonna come back to X. So pinyin X is not exactly, is not exactly a sound that I guess you could say exists in English. It almost does. It's what I call, or what I consider rather between the English sh, sh and s sound, s, right? So when you when you kind of sit in between those to make those a sound, you get s, right? So c, so it's kind of like a hiss and is between sh and s. Max, do you want to give us another example of that? X can be used with a large number of, of vowels associated after it. When you are studying, you are going to learn something and learning is the x u e sound with the second pinion so that's up and to the right and it sounds like this which um, is different than qi where you're making that mouth um, 
really far towards the edges, um, but you're still using an X sound. So it's, it's really important to practice the X with each of the different vowels after it so that you're familiar that although sounds familiar, uh, it is different. Moving on, so P and Q is, is interesting. It's a lot like the way that a CH sounds work in English, but you have to make sure that it's nice and clean. And what I mean by that is you should make sure that your lips stay kind of horizontal and you don't expel too much air out of your mouth when you're doing it. So if you contrast P and Q to P and CH, CH has more of a rounded lip opening. And when you're pronouncing um, P and CH, which is CH, right, CH, you should feel a small but like a compact puff of air pass through your teeth and over your lips, right? Versus pronouncing qi, qi, you don't really feel that puff of air. It's cleaner, you're showing your teeth, which is, and your uh, lips are stretched horizontally. Whereas with chur, your lips are, more, are making more of a rounded opening and you feel more of a puff of air coming out. Max, do you wanna give us an example of these? Exactly, uh, for learning about routines and, and bedtime and waking up um, was qi chuang, uh, which means to get out of bed. Um, so this was a, a very useful phrase that applies here where we're using that Q sound uh, and we're using it with the, the I vowel after it. Um, That's a really good example that Max just told us because it uses P and Q and CH. So the first syllable is qi, right, using Q, nice and clean, horizontal lips. And then the second syllable, chuang, right, chuang, that's using the CH sound, which is kind of less of a clean sound and more air escaping your, your mouth and the rounded lips. So feel free to try that out. Remember that means to get up, and that's a really good word to, uh, to try out. Moving on uh, with, the smiling, uh, with the smiling consonants is P and J. So this very similar to X and Q is pronounced um, as T. It's a nice clean sound. It's clean and sharp. Uh, you want to be baring your teeth, uh, lips stretched horizontally, and it's kind of equivalent uh, with a more heavy, uh, less clean sound is ZH. So that's J, right? J, remember, compared to T, which is horizontal lips, nice and clean and sharp. J is more of a rounded lip, right? So you have to round your lips, and you should feel that puff of air escaping your mouth, just like you did with CH. Max, do you want to give us an example? For sure. So to continue with the, the theme of animals, uh, G with the first tone is chicken. So now you'll know how to, to say beef and chicken on, on menus in Chinese restaurants. Um, and that, that could get you enough so that you won't go hungry. For the ZH, we have 知道, uh, which is to know. So you can say 我知道 is I know, uh, to affirm something that someone has said. A really helpful phrase so that people think you know a lot more than you do. Awesome example, Max. Now, so the thing with ZH and CH is they both require like a fair bit of vibration from the front and middle part of your mouth, especially from your lips, right? So you should literally feel that when you make those noises. So chur and chur, you should feel you should feel your lips vibrating a little bit, and that can be another kind of indicator for you when you're practicing. If you feel that vibration from your lips, chances are you're probably making the sound correctly. If you're not, then you might need a bit more practice. On that same note of vibration, now we're gonna try and pronounce P and R. So from when you were watching those videos, and if you've ever heard this before, just listening to a Chinese person, P and R is a little tricky. It's definitely a sound that I think Max will agree does not exist in English. And my kind of personal technique, I think to this day I haven't mastered it. I've just mastered sounding like it. And the way I, the way I pronounce it is I pronounce English J, English V, and English R at the same time. So it's not exactly like that kind of froggy English R, like rrr, like river or like rooster. You should feel, but instead you should feel that kind of same vibration from ZH and CH and feel a puff of air, but your mouth is slightly more open than the kind of tight, like rounded lips. So the way it actually sounds is rrr, right? Not rrr, it's rrr, rrr. Remember, um, mouth is rounded, you should feel some air escaping your mouth and try and pronounce J, V, and R at the same time. Zh, like that.
It honestly, like I'm gonna be honest with you, pinyin art does take a while to get, but eventually you will get it if you, um, you know, if you keep trying. And if in the meantime, before you master it, if you are pronouncing like an English style R in the meantime, that's not a huge deal. People will still understand because it still will sound uh, familiar. And it is honestly quite rare to find people that are perfectly pronouncing their pinyin R's. Max, do you wanna hit us with another example? The example that we have here for you is Ru Guo. And that'll be are you ru in the second tone. You can say ru and guo. Uh, and guo is in the third tone here. And this together means if. And you'll hear this a lot if you consume a lot of audio content where people are, are just saying phrases because um, ru guo in Mandarin is just a common bridge that is pretty helpful when you're trying to communicate when you want to do something. Um, you can state a situation, if this were to happen, then what? Um, and here you'll be practicing that RU sound, the R, where you're combining a lot of the different sounds that we have in English. But if you don't uh, find that too easy or you're struggling a little bit there, don't worry. Um, if you just say R with a regular R sound, uh, it won't be the end of the world because there's not too many sounds that you can mix it up with. Um, but we're just giving you the lowdown so that you can sound as authentic as possible. Once again, Max, that's a wicked example. Like, ruguo is something that I say a lot, especially if I'm in a conversation and I'm stalling. Like, if I kind of forget what I was saying or I want to quickly think about my next uh, my next topic of conversation, I'll just throw in like a ruguo, you know, if I want to make a situation. And from talking to my mainland um, you know, Chinese friends, I've actually figured out that ruguo, while the technical definition is if, it can honestly also be used as when, um, if if you're saying like, um, when my sister told me this, or when that happened, when as in like setting up a situation as opposed to being, you know, like the, like the question of time. Anyways, moving on to pinyin C. So this is another letter that is not pronounced the way that you'd normally think. So despite being a C, it is not pronounced as a K sound. It's actually a T-S, T sound, right? So that's T, like T and S put together. Um, it doesn't sound the way it's written, but you can think of it a lot um, as like, you know, like the Japanese word tsunami. It's kind of in English, we just, we don't pronounce the T. We just say tsunami, but in Japanese, the way it's correctly pronounced is tsunami, right? So this is a T, T-S sound. And once again, it might take a bit of practice, but trust me, you'll probably get this one quicker than P-E-R, for example. Max, do you have an example for us? I do have an example. So for the C pinyin sound, we have yi tzu, and that means once. So we have the e, which is the first phrase, uh, meaning one, and tzu, which is the second phrase, meaning um, order. So together it means once, yi tzu. That once again is, is an example that you're probably gonna hear a lot. So, you know, even to like that's it basically means like like a time or an occasion. So if someone wants to ask you, like, you know, how many times do you learn Chinese per week? And if you have a class that's one time a week, you can literally say yi once, right? Or one time or one occasion. That's something you're going to hear a lot. And that kind of classic second tone, fourth tone yi is something that you should be able to recognize eventually once you start hearing more Mandarin. And moving on, so pin Z is once again, it's different from the regular English type of Z sound that we're used to, which is what I consider like a, like a buzzing Z, like a Z, where the, where the tongue is in the air, whereas Z, right, pinyin Z sound, it's a little bit different. It's more of like a DZ put together. So instead of your tongue just being in the air when you're buzzing, uh, your tongue is firmly pressed against the roof of your mouth and you start making a D sound, like that kind of heavy D sound that comes from the roof of your mouth, but instead it blends into a Z sound, right? So instead of just being Z, in pinyin Z is pronounced Z, right? So that's Z. You should feel the D, but the D doesn't come out. Instead, it's a Z sound, Z, like that. Max, do you have an example? The example here is uh, a noun. So always love adding to our list of nouns. Um, but here we have the Z sound at the beginning of the word. And that means bicycle. So we have a complicated set of sounds that we've just learned here. We have that Z sound, uh, the Z sound 
for, for the first word here in the fourth tone, the sing sound using that X uh, ing here in the second tone, uh, which is even a little bit difficult for, for me to pronounce, uh, having said it for several years, uh, I'll still try to run over it quickly so that uh, it doesn't uh, appear too out of place. And the last sound is ch, and that'll be the first tone sound here for the third word. Wow, okay, so Max clearly is not taking any prisoners today. That's that's a really tough word to pronounce. So we'll, so we'll break it down once more. So like tz, right in the fourth tone. Remember tz, your tongue should be at the roof of your mouth. Xing, second tone, remember, you want to be between S and between SH. And chu, remember, you want to have that rounded, that rounded lip, and you want to feel that puff of air escape your mouth. And so that word, like Max said, is bicycle. And actually, fun fact, I was um, in, in my Chinese class a couple months ago, I, we actually learned about kind of bicycle culture um, in China, and we learned that a lot of people do ride their bikes around, but it's usually not for, for exercising purposes. People just use it as like an efficient uh, mode of transportation, and that's a big deal, getting around by bicycle in China, apparently. Uh, anyway, moving on, we can now go to pinyin O. So pinyin O, like, you know, in an ideal world, we could just say it's the same as English O and get on with our lives, but we really can't. So it's different from English O because it doesn't have like a rounding of the mouth when you say it. So you have to, you start doing like a regular English O, but you stop the rounding of your mouth at the end of the sound. So let me just say that for you. So instead of O, Right at the end, you kind of feel your lips pucker, and it's like oh. Instead of that, in pinyin, it's pronounced oh, oh. Right, so your mouth kind of stays open, and it doesn't round at the end of the sound. So you want to add some extra frogginess to sound extra ethnic when you're saying pinyin o. So oh, right, you should feel like a bit of just kind of like uh, a bit of uh, vibration in your throat, and like kind of from your chest area when you say that oh. Max, you want to hit us with an example? Definitely. Uh, probably the first word that you'll learn in class, if you take a class, is going to be I. And the word for that uses this O sound. Uh, and you might even do it without thinking too much about it uh, if you hear the sound before you see the sound. But certainly if you see the pinyin before you hear it, you might, might say whoa or um, a different kind of O sound. So wa is I or me and it is in the third tone using this O sound that is pretty hard to pick up unless you hear it. Right, so so what is a really good word because it means, uh, it can mean me or M, uh, or sorry, no, me or I. So um, if you're, like, if you speak French, for example, then what is basically the exact same thing as saying je, right? So basically the same thing there, it can mean me or I. Um, moving on, we're going to go to, to pin OU. Right, so O-U is a blended pronunciation of O and U together, right? So you want to go, uh, you want to go and say O, right? So you start with that pinyin O, and instead of kind of having that frogginess at the end, you want to put a U sound in there, so it's O. You want to make them sound like one vowel, but you're allowed to round your mouth a little bit at the end. So this is basically, um, think of the way that you say yo-yo in English, like the toy yo-yo, that O sound, O. Yo, O, that's exactly how you're pronouncing that. And you know, honestly, I think you can, you can guess by now that Max probably has an example ready for us for this one. The example is Do, which means all, or Douyo, which means all have, uh, which you'll hear commonly. Um, do Kui uh, is one of my favorite phrases to hear because it means that you can do it all, or all are possible. And I love that phrase um, because it's just so positive. But uh, it does use this uh, OU blended pronunciation. And that's the key lesson that we want to take away with this sentence here. Doyo, do. Yeah, Max isn't kidding at that. And kidding about that, he he says uh, he says doyo quite often. Like I can I can attest to that. But uh, moving on, we have ONG in Pinyin. So in Pinyin, it's different from ONG in English. Take the word song, for example. So the O makes an ah sound, right, in English, so song. But in Chinese, the O in ONG makes an O sound. So in English, the word song, right, that written in pinyin is pronounced song, right? So you, put, you literally take 
o, right, and put it into song like that. So ong is pronounced ong instead of ong. It's ong. Max, do you have something ready for us? Tons of examples with this one. Uh, so it's again. This is one of those phrases or words where you'll see it on paper, and if you have the the English bias. Um, you'll see song and you'll just say song, and it'll just come out. But when you're trying to speak in Mandarin, you really need to push that o so you, that you have the song sound. Um, and song is actually a great uh, example to use because we've already used the song uh, in English. And song with the fourth tone uh, means to deliver or carry or to give as a present in in the most common ways. What song ni, which is to I will give. To you, so using uh, a little bit of the words that we have learned in previous sentences here, um, just so that we can make sure that we re reiterate these lessons. Uh, just to to keep the lesson simple, we'll stick with song as to give. Right. So moving on, let's go back to pinyin yu. So we had this included in ou before, but by itself. Pinyin U is similar to O in that you stop the rounding of your mouth at the end and you add a bit of frogginess to it, right? So it's like U, right? U, not U, right? Because that's really rounded at the end. It's U, like that. U. Max, what do you have for us on this one? The simplest word we have with this U sound is Wu, which is the number five. So any lesson, well, you'll probably learn the the ten numbers. You can just think back to how you would say number five, and you'll have that u sound. U. Moving on, we have u e in pin. So this one is interesting. I don't really think I I really know any words that include this.、Um, what do you call it in English? But nevertheless, so it's pronounced u e, right?、So、you start with u, right, and then add an e to it, so you get u e. Right, it kind of has the same rounding、um, of your、um, of your lips、um, as U does, or or rather, kind of that limited rounding that U does. So you go U, right, without rounding too much, and then you add E, right, so Ue, Ue, like that. Max, what do you got for us on this one? Perfect. Ue is moon in the fourth tone. You have that exact sound that we've been practicing. Ue, Ue. So you'll just add the y to the we sound in in the fourth tone that you're already saying when you practice it, and、uh, and you'll have it. Right. So moving on, we have pin u o. So this is the is basically a reverse combination of pin o u that we spoke about earlier. And this one, honestly, the best tip I can give you for pronouncing pin u o is to have like maximum frogginess on this. Like you want to be as froggy as possible. And what I mean by that is it's pronounced or, or, right? So it's u and or put together or, right? Or like that. Max, what do you got for us? Perfect. So it's really confusing again if you see it on the page and and you just look over it quickly. But as soon as you'll associate it with、um, a character,、uh, you won't mix the two up. So the phrase here is 很多人多 right. So moving on, now we can go on to a o. So a o should have that similar frogginess to o since it ends with a p in o, right? And so this is pronounced ow, right? Ow. So think about how this is different, like the English word how, right, versus the Chinese word how, right? So remember how in the third tone means. Um, it means good, and it's very different from how you would say the question word "how" in English, right? So "ao" add a bit of frogginess at the end because there's an "o" at the end there, and then "iao" is the same thing, but it has one extra vowel. So that's spelled "aio" in Pinyin, which is a、uh, which is a decently common final sound. So "aio" together basically start with an "e" sound and then and then transition into that froggy "ao." So it goes "iao," right? So you get Ao and iao together. Now I think Max has more examples ready for us on this. So for ao, we have the example jiao, which means to look for. So combining that zh sound from earlier and the ao sound here,、uh, for the iao sound we have jiao.、Uh, kind of tricky because it sounds like the first phrase that we gave you, but、uh, it actually means something pretty different.、Uh, jiao means Name or surname,、uh, and it's commonly used in 
What should we call you? What is your name? Right, that's a really good example. Um, so keep in mind, if you ask someone what their, what their um, surname is, so 你叫什么名字, right? Um, uh, what you, or actually, we'll, okay, well, 叫 technically means to like call someone, and then 名字 is like your given name or first name uh, if you're in the West. This is totally fine if you're, if you're in like, you know, Canada or the States or somewhere else that isn't China. And, you, and naturally, when you're meeting someone, the first thing you ask for um, is their first name. But actually, in China, um, it's considered polite to ask for someone's family name first and then saying that is different We'll teach you that another time, but just keep that in mind asking for people's first names when you're in China might not be the most polite thing to do ever Anyways, we can move on so very similarly to to AO and IAO we have ANG and IANG so ANG in pinyin is as nasal as possible. So it's ang you should really feel that kind of at the back end of like the roof of your mouth and in your nose like that and then ing is literally the same thing but just toss an i at the beginning so you have like that so you have and and now max is going to run us through a couple more examples so the ang sound here uh, i like to use it in chang which means long uh, it's a good descriptor for all sorts of things, mostly um, like food items. If you want specifically chang uh, for for noodles or something like that, um, or chang can also mean uh, orange or uh, the length. So it's really key that that if you use this ang with a, a ch pronoun, um, that you're using it with the correct tone because there's a lot of common words uh, that use chang. So. For example, uh, for the long version, um, you'll want to use the second tone, chang. And for singing, chang ge, uh, you'll want to use the fourth tone. And for iang, we'll use xiang, uh, which is the third tone with xiang. And you'll remember that from the last episode. And you can also combine that with a J to make Jiang, which means river. So when we combine long and river, you'll have Chang Jiang. So that is the second tone and the first tone, and it's also the Yangtze River. I think you have some facts on that, right? Yeah. So so fun fact when I when I learned um, when I learned how to say Chang and Jiang in class. So remember those means. Those mean long, chang, second tone, and then river, jiang, first tone. And we put those together, and teacher, I remember she told us in class a long time ago, she was like, oh, that's actually, it's like a really famous river. It's like the longest river in China. It's really big. And we searched up, and the longest river in China was the Yangtze River. Um, and we were asking her, is this what you mean? Is there a Mandarin way to say this? And she looked into it, and she's like, oh, yeah. And apparently, the Yangtze River is just like, literally just Westerners came up with that name. Uh, and apparently that's not what the Chinese call it at all. You know, the Chinese are all about minimalism and simplicity. So they literally just call the Yangtze River Changjiang, which means long river. Like the longest river in the country, it's called long river, Changjiang. So that's another fun fact for you there. And moving on, we're going to move on to Pinyin E. So Pinyin E, it takes a while to get. And basically the best tips I can give you is to make sure that your Adam's apple is kind of pushed upwards almost like you kind of sound like disgusted like obviously you're not going to be disgusted using the sound because it can you know make all types of words right but basically what it sounds like is uh, right so it's not just uh like that it's uh, right your adam's apple gets pushed up towards the bottom of your mouth and it's almost kind of the sound you make if you're like disgusted at something and you go like ugh, right so it's kind of like uh, like that max do you have an example for us here i do uh, uh the disgusting e sound um, means hungry. Uh, so it's actually commonly used when you're asking other people about if they would like some food, um, which as, as we know is a large part of Chinese culture. Uh, so you can ask them a question using the uh sound uh, and it is very easy. You just attach a you, ni, uh, and uh, the phrase that we're learning right now, and a ma, which makes it a question. So Together, that phrase ni e ma means are you hungry? 
Right, that's a really good review from the previous episodes, and definitely something you should try asking Chinese people because it's it's just like a really Chinese thing to ask other people if they're hungry as like a way of asking them how they're doing. It's just it's just how things work. Like it's really common there to ask someone if they want to eat or if they're hungry, as opposed to be like, "Hi, how are you? How have things been?" You know. And on that same note, so using、uh, pinyin e, if you add an n to it to make pinyin en. It kind of sounds like it's halfway between the pinyin e sound that you just heard and the English prefix un, as in like、um, unsavory, right? So it's pronounced un, right, or un. So it's so instead of being like un, right, you kind of take away some of that, I guess, sound of disgust, but you're not pronouncing n, right, e n n like in English. It's kind of in between, so you get un. Right, kind of like un, but just a little bit more like the Chinese style un, like that. The example is zhen, which means true.、Uh, you can use this to describe the situation, or really anything. It's just a great phrase to have. Just a zhen, is this real? And、uh, it's just a great follow-up phrase. Buy yourself some time in conversation. Be shocked at whatever the other person is saying, so that you have、uh, an opportunity to to replay it in your head and to think about what they actually said. That's a really good tip. Sometimes when you're learning a new language, having opportunities to、uh, stall the conversation for a little bit, I'll agree, is a good idea. Now, if we want to take pinyin en to the next level, so to speak, we can add a g at the end to make pinyin eng. So it sounds a lot like en, but you just have to nasalize nasalize at the end. So instead of being like un, it's ung. Right, so ung, so it's not eng like it would be spelled in English. It's not eng; it's ung, like that. Ung, Max. What do you got for us? We've got、uh, two here. So the one we have written down was sheng, which means birth. New. You'll see it in signs.、Um, this is a good character to actually、uh, know early on.、Um, it's also a good radical that's that's used in some other characters. Orange, and we'll want to make sure that's in the correct.、Um, The correct tonality here, and so cheng in the orange phrase, meaning orange, is in the second tone.、Um, but it's again, these engs and angs are really popular, and so、uh, it can actually mean quite a few words.、Um, but we'll just stick with orange in this case. So you have that eng sound ung, and、uh, in in the second tone, so cheng. Right. So moving on, let's go to pinyin i. So this one is a little tricky. So if you put so if you put pinyin i after any of the smiling consonants that we went over before,、um, which which would be x, j, and q, then it makes an e sound, kind of like a double, kind of like a double e、uh, in English. But if you put it before other、um, consonants like ch, zh, r, or s, it makes kind of like a pinyin e sound, but without the disgust, right? Almost like like the word like the word a、uh, in English. Like if you're if you're stuttering, <laughs> probably like me and Max have been doing this whole episode, a、uh, right? So instead of、um, so if you put si together, for example, you'd get s right? So it's a little bit between e and uh, and you get uh like that. So just a couple of comparisons between all of these sounds. There's definitely more, and we're certainly missing a couple. But、uh, if we go back to that s sound, and we use it in the fourth tone, we have another number s, meaning four, the the number before five and after three,、uh, and we have ch, which is using this ch sound,、uh, where I guess you're elongating that、uh, er sound, but. I actually used to think that this pinion had to have an R next to it, but it, this is actually just the the I pinion,、uh, and that means to eat, of course,、uh, and it's completely different than the C sound, which uses the X, where your your mouth is really going to that grin that we talked about, and that means west, and again, this is different than the Chi sound,、uh, which means seven, so another number, but you have that grin, but it. Doesn't have that sh sound, so it's different than the x.、Um, so again, complicated words, but if you wanna wanna practice them down, you can write、uh, four, eat, west, and seven, and、uh, just have those those words down so that you can practice these sounds. Right. So moving on, let's let's make i a little more complicated by adding a u to it. So iu makes 
kind of like a condensed form of like the E-yo sound. So if you put a double E and then the word yo, E-yo, kind of smush that together a little bit and you get E-yo, right? So E-yo, like that, that's what peen I-u sounds like. Once again, that's E-yo. This one was actually pretty difficult for me to pick up the first time uh, it came across, uh, but uh, I think using the EO example is, is pretty helpful so that when you see it on the page, uh, your first response should be to think about the EO sound so that you can say chu, you, you, chu, uh, which means fall. And the associated phrase here, very, very large festival in China uh, and in Chinese communities is the mid-autumn festival. Uh, and mid, middle, is zhong, autumn is qiu, and jie, it means festival. So you can add that to the any, any words to mean festival. So zhong qiu jie. Yeah, first tone, first tone, second, and, uh, and it means mid-autumn festival. So good phrase to have in your back pocket. Uh, moving on, so if we switch pinyin yu, uh, or if we switch pinyin ayu and make it ui, then we get another, um, what I consider pretty unique sound. So this sound, if you're speaking quickly, can basically be pronounced as the English word wei, right? So ui in pinyin together is wei, right? Wei. And as in, as in this way in English. But then in Chinese, there'll be another consonant before the sound, it'll never just be by itself. So, so, the, con so the vowel sound by itself is wei. If you see P and UI together, it's wei, like that. Max, can you give us an example with a consonant sound attached to it? The consonant we'll use here is the SH sound, and we'll attach the wei. So you'll practice wei, and then you'll add on the SH, shui. And together, those two consonants form one word, which is water. Shui, uh, very common word, good word to, to learn uh, if you type that into your Chinese dictionary. Uh, hugely important for the basis of a lot of combined words and compound words. Shui. 100%, that's a great choice. And knowing, uh, knowing how to say that will be great for if you're ever in a restaurant, they ask you what you want to drink and you want some water, you can just say shui, water, and they'll bring you up a glass, right? Moving on. Uh, we're going to combine another vowel with I, but now it's, we're going to do EI, right? So EI in pinyin is kind of like, I like to think of it like when you're pronouncing that, you're like an Italian dude from Staten Island because you're like A, like forget about it, right? Uh, so like that A sound is E and I put together, but you would just want to pronounce the I a bit more at the end than you normally would. So it's like A, right? A, like that. I think Max has a couple examples for this one. We got a lot of examples because these are all really great words um, just to add to your repertoire of, of Chinese words to know. Uh, the first one we have here is using that SH sound that we used with the last word, but instead of using that uh, previous ending, we'll use the A sound. So we have she with the second tone, meaning who. We have fei chang, fei chang. And that'll be uh, on the fei uh, with the first tone there, meaning extremely. And the third word we have here uses that same fei, but if you just attach a g to the end of it, fei g, then it actually means plain. So you have that uh, same tone meaning something different. Those are all excellent words and words that'll definitely come in handy. Uh, so she, you know who? That's a really good question word, right? So you can um, you you can ask you know who you know who did something or who is someone using that. And then fei chang, if you if you remember, we actually went over that in the first couple episodes, which means uh, you know extremely. So if you're doing really well one day, you can say wo fei chang hao instead of just saying wo uh, wo han hao, which is I'm very good. You can be like I'm extremely good. Now moving on at the end, I believe this is our last one and we're gonna talk about why. So why, it's, it's usually not pronounced if it's preceding an I, for example, the word E. Like remember we've been saying the word for one E like that, it's actually spelled Y-I in the first tone, but you don't pronounce the I if it's, if it's before, uh, if you don't pronounce the Y rather, if it's before an I. But it is pronounced as its own initial um, if it's before other vowels, right? So, do you want to give us an example of, of uh, when it's pronounced, of when it's pronounced, and when it's not pronounced? Definitely. Again, you mentioned it. E is a great example just to show that that you don't necessarily uh, pronounce it. We have two two Y sounds here, 
that uh, are pretty useful. Um, so when we have yuan, which will have the third tone and the second tone, two Y sounds here, yuan, uh, and that'll mean language. So the language of, of Chinese here is Handu, right? And, but just language generally can be yuan, and that uses that Y sound with the U in the third tone, and yan with the A in the second tone, and uh, you are pronouncing the Ys there. So it's important to know the difference here. Do you know of any words with the, the Y and the I where you pronounce the, the Y pretty, pretty harshly? Honestly, I, I really can't think of any. Like I'm even trying to think of like the word for similar, right, is, um, is like itong, right? And that's, and that's spelled Y-I-T-O-N-G. Right, so second tone, fourth tone, e tone, and I don't ever recall pronouncing the Y. I'm pretty sure it's just if Y is before I, then you don't pronounce it. There we go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Get back to us, audience, if you know uh, if you know the answers to to our baffling questions. Yeah, please do. If we're if we're ever saying anything correct, feel free to call us out. We would love your feedback. Just as we always say that you guys should get feedback from others, we're willing to we're willing to take it too. And I guess on that note, we're done with the kind of pinyin tips and tricks. We really hope that that'll be useful to you. And thank you so much for sticking around and getting through that. I know that might have been um, a little heavy in places, but trust us when we say going through the effort of trying to pronounce things further will be worth your time. Isn't that right, Max? Definitely. This is uh, certainly the longest episode that we have to date. Um, so if you've made it through, including that uh, extra pinyin practice, uh, we commend you. Yeah, 100%. That's, thank you so much for sticking around. On that note, Hasnan and I hope that you learned a lot from this episode. I know I certainly did. And we really hope that you get out there, practice your tones, make a ton of mistakes, get corrected by other Mandarin speakers, and most importantly, have fun learning along the way. That uh, just about concludes this episode of Listen to Learn Chinese. Uh, we're just going to get through another quiz, and then we'll let all of you get going until next episode. Quiz. Okay, first question. Here we go. What are the three smiling consonants in pinyin? And then the next question are, what are the three non-smiling equivalents of the three smiling consonants in pinyin? How do you phonetically spell the sounds made by Z and C in pinyin? And next up, what is the phrase for asking how to say something in Mandarin, and what is the correct tone order of that phrase? Final question. What is the Mandarin word for China? We just went over it. What tone is it in, and what two words is it built from? All right, so thanks again for tuning in. On behalf of me and Max, well done, and 再见 for now.